no one's gonna give a shit or listen to me unless I make money. I first got introduced to Jason Wojo. I think it was a viral video where you described a, a gym rat that pulls up to the gym, pulls up in a Corolla, and this guy pulls up in a McLaren. You're right, bro. He pulled your girl in two fucking seconds. It was something that was sticky. That video went so viral. It was actually insane. In a span of two weeks, we got 800 million views. And this wasn't a one-off. Is someone gonna sign me on as a marketer if I pull up in a Corolla or if no. I have a McLaren? Like, obviously, they're not gonna pick the person with the Corolla because it's not someone that they would trust. Just like I wouldn't pick a doctor that drove a Corolla either. I want the doctor to drive a Ferrari. But you're, you're saying it even, like, even more even deeper you have to make the money it's not appearance yeah like an ambiance of a leader like people want to be able to look at you and be like hey like is this person a leader can i stand behind this person that's deep biologic like it's like warrior level like you associate with men you're like all right can i trust that this creature will lead me to better men? you can't change how people think once people turn 25 to 30 it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks Sam. well this is cool so <laughs> I'm just going to kick it off. You cool, Matt? Yeah. Yeah, cool. I think I first got introduced to Jason Wojo. Um, he's got a longer last name that's Polish, but we, Wojo. You can't have a better last name than Wojo. And I feel like if your last name's Wojo, by the way, just going to say this right now, you got to do something with your life. I mean, you have an obligation if your name's Wojo to be some badass motherfucker. Like, do something <laughs> funny or cool. And that was what first attracted me to him, actually, was um, I think it was a viral video that went out. And again, how it, how it was is displayed to me which introduced me to you, I think was through, it may not have been the original video, video, but you may have been talking about it, but it was this video that I saw where you described a, a gym rat that pulls up to the gym, okay, jacked as fuck, gym rat, you know these people, we all know him, I'm kind of like one of those guys, but he pulls up in a Corolla, <laughs> okay, and um, <laughs> it was something that was sticky, and I think your point was uniquely valid, and again, a lot of this content, let's be honest, like, we want, to, we want to mix it up a little bit and be a little jarring sometimes, but this is what you do for a living. You help clients be seen. You build ad campaigns. You do ad spends. You try to get impact and visualization for whatever a person's mission or brand or company is out to the world. So, But that's what drew me to you was the gym content. Now, I'm a gym rat. I've always been one my whole life, but I remember pulling up in uh, my, most of my young adult life as a kid <laughs> in a piece of shit, but I had muscles. Yeah. But I knew there had to be more because this was not going to get me the life that I wanted, just obsessing over this gym. Like I needed leverage, ownership. I needed real power in the marketplace. But start there. Let's just start here. I think it's a funny place to start because there's a lot of depth to you, a lot of knowledge, a lot of insight. You bring so much value to the marketplace, Jason. Um, but just let's start with this video that I did it go viral. Was that actually a viral concept a video? Yeah. So that video got our TikTok shut down. Um, <laughs> no so way. we got in a span of two weeks, we got 800 million views across multiple shut platform. Up. That's right. yeah, dude, that video went so viral. It was actually insane. And like we had, down. yeah, we had over 80 something plus accounts duetting it. Um, Bryce Hall, Jolie Swole. Uh, Penguin Z, all these guys made these duet videos. And dude, those three guys alone got over 110 million views for us. Yeah. And then Reddit got 80 million hits. And then all these other videos just stacked on top of each other. Uh, if you go on like TikTok, there's over like 400 plus videos there. Twitter has another 200 plus. YouTube wow. has another 100 plus. Like it all compiled. And genius. Um, genius. Yeah, yeah. When, genius. And, th and this wasn't a one-off for you. What, when was this, this one? this video this was in march of last year february yeah yeah, yeah. wow man. we'll explain the video so real like, quick for people that haven't seen it talk about it 
Yeah. So uh, the basis of the video was me saying like, hey, you know, if you go to the gym and you make less than 10 grand a month, you know, you're pulling up in this like bullshit car, you're you're not successful, you're trying to figure your life out and you're spending so much time in the gym. Like I could easily, you know, take your girl. Like that was the whole premise of the video. And it's funny because it's so polarizing. It is. And um, it is, yeah. like, dude, people like really took it so to heart. And it's funny because I was on a podcast last night and the guy was like, <laughs> yeah, man, like you got to understand that the people who react to that are actually the people who are mad about it. Like they're mad because they know that I'm right. And that's why it's so polarizing. It's like always two sides. Yeah. And um, like, yeah, it could have been more professionally done because I am in the service industry. So like, no. you know, it looks a little weird, but at the same time, it's like what I did was so correlated. Also, I had the mic taped on my chest. It makes it look like I was a Dollar Tree kind of like setup. I yeah. did that all on purpose. Yeah, and people yeah. were like in the comment section going, oh, he came and afford a real mic. I'm like, dude, that was all done on purpose. Dude, yeah, you it's want them to like, say that. That's dude, the algorithm. Yeah. You're, you're tapping right into the algorithm. The yeah, money that yeah, algorithm, baby. yeah. The young, the young, yeah. the young men like you that are slaying it are are far removed from any emotional attachment oh, to how they appear online. They're just it's money, huh? It's like a delightful game. I love man. Jason like, Mojos. They're funny, man. <laughs> but they get it. And and what's yeah. cool is that we've got a sense of who this actual man is and there's so much depth to him. He actually has a side that's really caring and loving and he's bringing real value to the world. I mean, even you get a sense of a person when you talk to them, it doesn't take long, but no, you know, yeah. I instantly, when I got to know Jason, even in this for those first conversations, like, Oh, he's got a lot of depth. He's smart as fuck. Like he's not, he's not accidentally winning. He didn't stumble into a video and then he's winning all of a sudden. It's maybe some people do. I don't know, but that video was genius. It was super smart. All the things that make you want to hate him and all the things that make you comment are the things that are actually that he's, he's, orchestrating mm. and mm. you're playing right into his hand but it's true though so if you drive a corolla <laughs> and uh in this guy who's got no muscle it's such but a good video that eric wants to talk as, about skinny it. as fuck like i'm just i'm gonna use it from the buff guy's perspective yeah pulls up in a mclaren like you're right bro he pulled your girl in two fucking seconds i'll just say it well, I'm, you, I'm gonna you, say it yeah you said something like right before we hit record on the show that i'll just jump to it now like on on eric's point like you know, when you were a kid, 10 to 18, no one listened to me, but you were, you were reflecting yeah, on it in terms right. of like, but yeah. when you have money, like people listen to you. So <laughs> elaborate, you just touched on that nerve. You didn't really unpack it. Like, and it relates to this video. So what are your, what were you getting yeah. at when you brought that up? So like, you know, when I was in middle school and high school, like I would want to be invited to the parties. Like I wanted to get to like talk to women and I wanted to do those things. And like, because I was you know, not significant or I didn't have much going on outside the classroom. Like no one really cared. Right. Like I wasn't that person who was like a big jock. Mm. I wasn't the, 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 the kid with the dad who owned a local business that made money. And like the crazy part is, is that when I saw those things, I alluded people wanting to like give me attention to the elaboration of, yo, you just have to provide to the marketplace and, and, and make money sure. and people will just intrinsically care because you know what happened in, in high school? Guess whose house was the place where all the parties were held? The dad who was making seven figures a year and had that massive basement and everybody True. used to come over and they would all go to the, like, dude, that, all those things made me realize like no one's going to give a shit or listen to me unless I make money. Mm. Like, and how do I provide value to the marketplace in order to kind of control the narrative? So mm. that's when I was like, you know, is someone going to sign me on 
as a marketer, if I pull up in a Corolla or if no. I have a McLaren, like obviously they're not going to pick the person with the Corolla because it's not someone that they would trust. Just like I wouldn't like pick a doctor that drove a Corolla either. I want the doctor to drive a Ferrari. I just intrinsically, like if you had one decision to make and you knew no information, here's a doctor that gets out of a broken down Corolla. It looks like it's rusted and fucked up. And this is a guy that comes out yeah. of Ferrari. You just naturally are going to. But you're, you're saying it even like even more even deeper, you have to make the money. It's not appearance. Like it's yeah. even like you like, have dude, to people actually look at you. But yeah, even if it was appearance. Yeah. yeah, that's true. You yeah, like an ambiance of a leader. Like people want to be able to look at you and be like, hey, like, is this person a leader? Can I stand behind this person? Mm. Like also, dude, regardless of what men and women think, yes, women look at men to protect and provide. But there's also guys who look at other guys to protect and provide for them. Like that's a real thing. And oh, regardless, that, yeah, that's that's deep biologic. Like yeah, it's like right. warrior level. Like, do I you associate with men? You're like, all right, can I trust that this creature will lead me to betterment or not? Like, or not? And if you're around a weak man, there's a doctor. I Eric, you'll love this. This guy, Doctor Sean Amara. He's like, you ever notice like a kid flubs a play, like a weak kid in a basketball game? He's like, watch your body. You turn away in disgust. You're like, <laughs> you're, you're like, you're like, because you're like, I don't want to be associated with that. And then someone just slays it. You want to kiss them. You you want to like get close to them. It's, it's this is deep. Yeah, I mean, it is. winning. It's not. We're not talking like deep wisdom per se, but like it's it's, it's, it's a real thing. It's biological. Yeah. 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 It's cool. And the one thing I want to add to that real quick is like, and this is real deep shit. Is um, like, dude, when I was growing up, and I don't know if people realize this. Like, I don't know if you. I mean, most people will say this, but like, I actually did not grow up in a rich household. Like, I think my combined household income was like 70,000 a year. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, that's not a crazy amount of money. Um, dude, living on 70 grand, I would see like my parents come home and I lived in like a 1400 square foot mobile home. Nothing insane, dude, like an $80,000 home, nothing, nothing crazy. And like living in that environment, seeing my parents come home and they were just like, yeah, like fuck my boss. Like he doesn't listen to anything I tell him. And like, you know, my mom would be like, hey, they don't let me have flexibility. They don't let me do this. Like, dude, everything that anybody under authority has ever received is feeling diminished. It's not being a leader. It's just this diminishing feeling of like, I can't say what I want to say. And the people, dude, and they still wind up listening to them anyway because they're dangled the carrot, dude. And it's life. Like, they're just dangled the carrot. And when I saw that shit too and I was growing up and I was like, yeah, dude, like, I want to be the boss, but I don't want to be an asshole about it. You know, like I'm open to hearing people's suggestions and dude, I get it. Like when you're running, you know, like my dad worked at Pfizer, which, you know, like back then there was none of this, you know, what stuff about, mm. you know, the, the, the V thing, but like, it's, it's like, dude, they just like completely slaved him away and they gave him a shit pension. And like, now he doesn't have enough money to live. Like I was talking to my dad two months ago and like, I helped them out with money and stuff. But like, he was like, yeah, man, we make about five grand a month part-time teaching and our expenses are 7,500 a month. So I just pay the difference. So it's like, it's just like this weird thing. Like, how would you be satisfied though, dealing with that? And mm -hmm. throughout my life, I always reassure myself that that's not what I wanted for myself. And it's like, crazy thing too, was in January, like I booked this trip to go on this Ritz Carlton yacht. And it's, it's nothing insane, but like, it's still it's very nice. Dope. Like, oh, I've seen that thing. That's dope. It's really yeah. cool. And it's called the Evrima. Right. And like, dude, the people on the boat are really like, dude, if you're going to, if you're an entrepreneur, you're listening to this and you want to actually meet high level people, 
just spend the money and go on the boat because yeah, Grant, you're going to meet. Grant Cardone like, did a, a mastermind and he rented that yacht out for like a mastermind event. I think that he did. Yeah. Hmm. The Ritz Carlton. Yeah. yeah. Like dude, that boat, the people that you'll meet, like yeah, for cool. the week, it's 48 grand. So you got to imagine the quality of people who are able to go on the boat. I had to pay double occupancy. So I go to my dad. Like if you are going on a boat, you pay double because mm. regardless if you go alone or not, you have to pay for two people. Mm. So I did that. And then I hit my dad up and I was like, Hey, like, you know, come fly to Barbados. Like, I want to take you on this. Yeah. I think it'd be a good break for you. I sent him and maybe I fucked up, but like I sent him the link of the email because I needed him to put his passport number in and dude, it attached the invoice to it on accident. Mm. And he saw it and he just said, no, I, I, I can't do it. Like I, 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 like it's just too expensive. You can't understand it. And my dad couldn't deal with the fact that the thing was too expensive. Like even though he wasn't paying for it, that Mm. money block fucked with him so much that he Mm. wasn't even able to take it as a gift. So good. Which is insane. Like stuff like that always starstruck me. And I can't like at this point in my life after running a business for six years, meanwhile, that's not a lot for most people who are bigger entrepreneurs in the space and like have been more longevity based. But dude, it's like, you can't change how people think. Once people turn 25 to 30, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. And I can't make my dad's mind change. I can't change the path of human nature. Like that's just, that's that's just impossible. My dad will never look at things through, through my lens. And even though parents will say, yeah, like I'm just living through my child. That is the biggest bullshit excuse as to why your parents haven't done anything. And I know that there's people who are like, yo, my parents didn't do anything with their lives. I was successful. My parents don't do anything. And the parents always say that line. Oh, I just live intrinsically through my children, bro. That is bullshit. That Mm. is not the truth. It is not the truth. Mm. You don't live intrinsically through another human being. You get inspired and motivated through another human being, but you don't live intrinsically through one. That's just ridiculous. And I feel like that's just a cover up. And when I saw these things growing up, dude, I was very like meticulous and I was always soaking up like all this information on my mind and I took it with me as I, as I grew up and like got more successful. And I always block those things like from my path. And I always try to point them out in other people to try to help them. But like, sometimes it doesn't work that way. Yeah. But yeah, dude, those are just things like trying to deep deeper into that topic. Like those are all of the ramifications of like how I looked at that. It's fascinating. Like what caught like, and, and, and you, you had this nature at a young age, you were tracking, observing this and you had a willingness as a young man. It wasn't like some coach you hired gave you a bunch of willingness. You, you said something earlier right before the show about like, I'd always re- some quote about like the things you say yes to, uh, yeah. Elaborate yeah, if on you, that. If you, yeah. If you say yes to something, you say no to something else. Mm. So like a lot of people do when they're 20 to 30, they'll say yes to like, getting married and having kids and getting their first home and like doing all this other stuff. But also they're saying no then to like their path and purpose potential, like all these other things that they could be building themselves up to if they just put their head down and work. True. I agree. Like, like dude, it's just, it's better for, and dude, if there's women watching this, I'm letting you know this right now with our age group, it's better to find a guy who's 26 to 30. Cause here, here's the thing that's really interesting is that, Um, like I still date and a lot of women always ask me this question. They always say to me, Hey, like how many relationships have you been in? And I'm like, does that even matter? Like, why does that matter? Oh, well, those relationships didn't last long. I'm like, no, it's because I grew, I outgrew the relationship. Mm. Like, and, and a lot of women like to sit there and they're like, oh, well, I'm the dime. I'm the prize. 
Like, honestly, no, you're not Hmm. like you need to provide value to me too. Just because you're a woman doesn't mean that you're the prize. Like what value do you provide? And I feel like women, if they're listening, like you need to find a guy who's 26 to 30, who hasn't been in a lot of relationships because you want to know why it's because they don't have a lot of damage and baggage and all this crap. Like they actually are able to sit in a room alone and work and be happy with who they are. That's who you need in your life. Because they're going to be more clear-headed and make better choices. And they're probably going to be a lot more like – they're just going to be more like bonded with, with God too. They're more faithful. They don't have so much shit going on in their lives. So – but women always drag themselves towards like the player and all these like stupid yeah, things. Right. Like no one cares about that. <laughs> it's dude. so true. And it's crazy. Yeah. I, I get the sentiment of what you just said. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think about my wife. And she met me before I had any money or had any influence or any power. And I, to this day, I don't know if she saw any great value of where I may head. I just made her laugh a lot, (laughs) but I'm very loyal to her because she, she's been with me through all my growth. And I've always accredited her value as she's allowed me to flex in the marketplace and she never held me back. Somehow I always felt like she provided a stable foundation and a sanctuary that I could come home to and sort of lay it down my sword. And that to me, that was so valuable. And she never brought drama into my life. She never brought stress into my life. So I did associate that value before I had value that was probably more than I deserved. But you're right. I somehow intrinsically, I tapped into where value was. And I've always been on this point. If you can't help me grow, if you don't provide a stable foundation for me to grow, you can't be in my life. My standards became high quick when entrepreneurship entered my life and everything changed. But this is my little story. And in connection to your bigger point, because I think at first glance, that could be jarring to some people, which is great for you. I mean, it's it's part of your shtick and I love it. I mean, it's, it's, I mean there's a lot of, he's going to give you so many clues how to make money in this space. And he said something earlier too, I got to just point it out that, you know, these older generations that they, even people in general that have a bad relationship with money, especially older generations in a sense, they don't understand the technology. They're never going to understand it. That is so true. Most people in your families will not understand you if you have these big dreams and you're willing to go pursue them and step into the light and tell your story. I was just talking to my buddy, Jimmy Rex, who you may know. And Jimmy said his brother hasn't talked to him in five years. He thinks his brother apparently thinks he's arrogant, egotistical, thinks he's running a racket, all this stuff, right? And the truth is, is Jimmy's like, man, like it breaks his heart. He thinks he's helping people. He sees he's helping people. He's transforming men's lives. He's got over 400 people in his, in his We Are The They program, which is like helping men like, become their highest and best use human, right? You know, it's just, it, men need men to support each other. They go through a lot of dark demons and there's no place for a man to, over, point is this, here's this guy living in his highest and best use, helping the world, stepping the light and all the people you think that would support you the most, they actually turn on you. They somehow, their silence is deafening and it. it's like a dagger to your heart. But then when those people actually proclaim that you're a piece of shit, when you think you're helping, it's like, point is this, he's never going to understand it because he, he's never going to do it himself. It's not in his cards. He's not in his pathway. You cannot convince him to do this. And that's been hard for me is because I always see untapped potential in people that I try to exploit out of them. And you can't, some yeah, people, you just can't, they have Jay, to be willing to do it. Uh, Jason's already, yeah. I mean, with your success, you've already got a fast track to confronting the truth the humble truth about human nature and being, right. being at peace about it, man. Like, yep. <laughs> like, yeah. like I have a question for you. So on this thread, like the topics we talked about are, are all the topics. Like if you, if you looked at any psychological models, like early life, midlife, late life, the things that are on people's minds and this bears out, I was a former therapist. If I'm a coach, if I'm sitting with someone 35 to 55, they talk about certain things, someone 35 and under, you know, you're, you're talking about the big anchor things like relationship, or, or making money or 
not to, I'm not diminishing that. You should, you, like you said, like these guys are frittering their time. Young people are frittering their time. They should really take care of first things first. So really, truly, like what is, what is relationship or marriage to you? Cause it's obviously your psyche is re- It's on the tip of your tongue. You should value it. You probably aspire to have a beautiful long-term companion. I'm imagining, I don't know what your faith or philosophy is, but, yeah. but you also seem like a guy just first glance, like you're philosophically inclined too, or it's, you appear to be, and just the way you phrase things like what, yeah. it, what, what's your highest vision of that for your life? I mean, the, the biggest thing for me is like, it has to be like a mutual partnership and it's not like a business sense, but it's like when, and, and it's funny cause people are like, oh, like marriage is 50, 50. And I'm like, I don't really think that's the case. I feel like sometimes, man, you have to like, as a guy, you have to step up and maybe sometimes it's 80, 20 or for her, it's, it's, it's 80, 20. And like, there's that like very, like variability of like what a relationship is. And I feel like I need to find somebody who understands entrepreneurship. Because if they don't understand that, then there's a lot of like conflict. Like, yes, dude, a woman can be massively loving and they can try to get you at your bad times and your good times. But like, I need a partner who understands that my path and purpose will always be the most important thing yeah, to me. Perfect. Like, and, and that's the hardest thing to find, dude, is that like women get into marriage most of the time because they're trying to beat a clock. I don't know if anybody's ever saw this, but like women just sometimes get married because they just want to beat their like their their biological yeah. clock yeah it's a real and thing and what women and what women don't realize is some of them do but most don't realize that men operate on one clock and one clock only and that's sure. our financial clock like where do we stand how much do we provide and like where do we actually stand in the marketplace different type of pressure and yeah and, and women need to be able to to encompass the support behind the man to be able to help him achieve that like you brought up a great word eric which is which is the sanctuary like I want to be able to come home and have that sanctuary too, where yeah. I know that there is peace and happiness when I walk in the door. I don't come home to hell. No right? choice. Like that's not what I want. Yeah. So when a guy is out working all day, and even a woman too, they combine at the end of the day to complement each other. They 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 don't come home at night to debate or to like also, dude, like I don't want a woman who watches politics. Like I don't want any of that shit in my life. I don't want a woman who watches TV. I don't want a woman who like just complains and just bullshits with her girlfriends. And like I want her to be, you know, very sanctuary to me and just like, you know, be the thing that I lean on when maybe I have rough times or even when I have good times, like someone to maybe clap me on a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's that like give and take. You know, it's funny. I keep, for whatever reason, I keep getting steered towards relationships more. My content sort of just lately seems to be going that direction. I got a lot of men hitting me up, especially young men, you know, really some of the the connection to that is how to be a high value man, how to attract women. So I'm getting, and then a lot of women are starting, especially older women that are maybe out of a first marriage and they, and they're a little bit older in life and they are like, what do men want? Like they're, this question's starting to swarm around me. And I think it's because of some of the content that naturally started being produced. And I started answering some questions from my perspective. I'm not right, but I am a man and I understand how men think. And I understand how high value men think. And you tapped into it. High value men are driven towards one thing and that's their purpose. Now you may connect God to that. You may connect their, their family to that. There's a lot of purpose where you can connect some really, what's the meaning of life? But a lot of that also is, is your ability to provide and protect. And you, you protect, like a high value man will fight 
to become valuable in the marketplace. And it is a high priority. You know, a, a friend of mine, Garrett White, who's pretty well known, pretty famous dude, kind of the OG in the space, created Wake Up Warrior. He told me something really interesting. It's a little jarring, so forgive me, but he put it out there. But he says, you know, a long time ago, I asked my wife, and he's, he's got a powerful wife, by the way. I mean, they're a power couple. They both bring fucking crazy value. This woman's a, 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 a you know, beast herself. But he said something, and I, and I thought beneath the surface, and how crazy is this? He said, I need my wife to do three things. And I told her this years ago, and if you can't do this, I can't be with you. He says, um, I need you to tell me I'm the man every day. That's the first thing. All you have to do is let me know I'm the fucking man every day. Number two, I need you to touch me every day, non-sexually. You need to touch my shoulder every day, and you need to fuck me. <laughs> now, at first glance... This could sound crazy, but you want to know what men want, how simple we actually really are. We just want validation that you see us fighting in the marketplace. Now, these are high value men, but they're not complex. They're very simple. So many women will hold back those words of affirmation. They will not tell you what you need to hear most. When you need to hear it most, they will fucking hold it back and they know what they're doing. Maybe intrinsically they know what they're doing, but they don't ne- up here know what they're doing. Like, but they know they will yield that power. They're not, so, men need so little to feel validated. And the one person they want it from most, if they can't do it, it literally will eat your soul alive. So tell me I'm the man. Sounds crazy, right? Touch me non-sexually. I can speak to this all day. My heart reads through my chest. I'm feeling pressure. I'm fucking overwhelmed. When my wife puts her hand on my shoulder, she doesn't have to say a word. My heart rate instantly declines. Do you know how much power she has in her touch? Men are so connected to physical touch. And that brings me to the third point. The connection that a man feels to a woman is different than how a woman uses sex to connect to a man. It's completely different. It's biological. And that a lot of men feel love through that connection. It's not one of my more dominating forces for me, but there's value in it, and women will hold it back. You want men to go wash the dishes, to do all these fucking chores. I get all that. That's how you receive love. I get it. Quality time, that's how you receive love. I get it. But when a man feels felt in the home, he's so much more eager to go want to make his wife happy and give her gifts, shower her with things. But if you come home to a toxic environment, a a shitty attitude, a list of chores, and I see relationships where the man is speaking a completely different, like, like language than the woman, like they both speak different languages. How do you get them to compete? Well, first you got to understand what men want. And again, this is super broad. Men are so different really, but also they're really simple. Point is, is they don't need a lot. And women are so different. They also need a lot of things. They need to be supported. This is two sides of the coin. I'm kind of speaking from the man's point. But can you speak to that? I look because I think between the three of us, we could do two hours on this subject of what men want, what women want, how to thrive in a marriage. But you kind of went there first. So like, why, why are relationships failing so quickly? And you described what I described, what I would say is a power couple, a power relationship that they, you guys build together. You have build empires together. The Grant Cardone and Elena story. That's a powerful relationship. She made him a billionaire from my perspective. And he'll, and she'll even claim that herself, but I don't know. I think there's this can amp- open up a can of worms. So I, I wanted to set the tone for it, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, like, like the biggest thing too, is just when there are times in, in our lives where we feel like, like we're lost and we are fighting in the marketplace and like, we're trying to find where we stand. We just need them to give us that reassurance. That's I feel it. like when simple. you say men are simple, I feel like men just want reassurance that we're trying our best and we're doing our best. Mm. And it's like, so good. That's, that's really it, dude. I mean, like, it's funny that you say that we're simple. Like, dude, we really are like, I'm not gonna like, you know how like women plan for parties and it's this whole like thing. We're just like, yo, let's go to the bar and grab a beer. Like, that's how simple we are. 
and and women obviously are just more creative. They take things to the next level, but like, that's a simple analogy for, for why I resonated with that so much. And and Um, men don't notice things too. Women carry things in their brain that men don't know they're carrying. We're not mind readers, but like, I didn't see all that. Like, I'm so simple. I don't see anything. I can't notice anything. I'm just so simple. Like we're fucking dumb. The point is, is like, we want to rule the world. If, if it's a high value man, he wants to rule the world. He wants to grow to the fucking empire. He wants to give you everything. He wants to meet God. He wants to live a life with purpose. He wants to fucking impact. It's all I'm thinking about. I don't notice that Susie said this to me and like, oh, how did I not notice that? Like, or the things on the ground or like that I left a sock out. Like we don't notice and you're not telling me about it. And you think that I know that, you know, but I don't know. And then tomorrow morning, you're still on that. And even if we talked about it, like, oh, I'm good with it. Like, I already made my bed. We're good, right? You're still hung on to that. Like, these are problems that I see in relationships all the time. And this is more of this thing is like, men are such simple creatures. We don't notice shit. We're dumb as fuck. But Matt, what do you got on this? Because this is coming from the therapist perspective over here, a licensed therapist who hasn't practiced in a minute, but this Uh, is your background. I I love all of it. Um, (laughs) <laughs> the the thing I'm thinking in the background is two things. I, I've been married since 05, so I've got four kids. I'll be 50 this year. And um, I think it depends on the level and the context because we're talking like biology or psychology. Sure. Uh, two thoughts. You're, you're Jason, for our guests, you said, I had a mentor say, if you really want a healthy marriage, treat your marriage like a, a, a oneness, like it's a health. So yeah, you could do this, but what's the health of the tech? That's kind of like you like run it like an entrepreneur, run it like what's the health of the whole? I love all that. Yeah, would it work as a business? I do think there's a transcendent, and that's, yeah, would it work as a bit super practical, yeah. amazing advice, and so true. You don't get in like polarized, well, what do I get? What do I get? That's not the wrong thinking. What's the health of the whole? There and so, go. so people are willing to forego and go 80 20, like you were saying, Jason. And that's, I that bears out. There's a harmony to all that in my life. I think just personally, um, like, and I think Jordan Peterson does a good job at hitting on this thought, but like, I can't even explain to you guys the, the satisfaction and joy I get out of my marriage and my wife and what she is to me. I can't even, we're all scratching the biological pragmatic surface of it, but I think it transcends that and includes that. And for me, it's like a deeply, I don't know. It's like, I'm trying to like know God or God's beauty or, or, or like really like love at a profound, like when I see like a 30 year marriage couple put a kid in the ground and you watch them walk back to their car together. That's marriage to me. You know what I mean? Like that, something about that moves me beyond, but all, so it's like a matter of level and context. Like I'm on board with everything you guys are saying. It's so true. We're simple. Like if, if a couple can just not fight their nature, and that's a big put. I think the Western world, the world like Jason, he's got young people sensibilities and, and he's got this old soul 1950s practicality. Yeah, <laughs> you right. Know, you're like, that's money, you know, and, and that's why you're doing well. But that's real. But, money um, but there, yeah, yeah, man, like you're I think I think it'd be a tough landscape to be a young man in today's world. The way women are uh, the Jason, yeah, honestly, man, it like, yeah. Like it really sucks dating it right sucks. now. It sucks. Yeah, like, I hear this. You're lot. looking for a gem, and you're looking like you're what you're having to contend with. I could hear it in your struggles and your voice. Like, just it's it's almost shocking that you have to explain this common sense practicality of what you're looking for. Like, totally. and, and you're almost nervous to say it. And I'm like, that tells me, yeah, like, I mean, dude, 
like, like common sense is not common anymore. And that's the biggest thing that I've started to realize is like, it is horrendous at how many times you have to say something to somebody over and over and over again. And it's kind of like when like we were kids, right? We were told don't touch the oven. Don't put your hand on that. We did that shit anyway. Right? Like (laughs) it's the, but dude, there's people who are not five years old anymore who still don't have common sense. Like you would think after the age of 18, like you would have a little bit of sensibility, you know, I'm not saying you're going to be perfect, but like at least try, you know, but dude, there's people who are 40 who have zero common sense still. People who are 60 who still don't have common sense. And I'm like, how did you get to this point? Also, like dating right now, dude, is really tough. Like, because women are just, they do this play hard to get bullshit. They do this like psychological tricks with a dude. They do the texting games. Like, dude, it is toxic. Hmm. Absolutely toxic. Yep. And It's honestly a shame, dude, because there's a lot of great women out there who, if they just gave themselves up to the man that they know that they wanted, they would be a lot like they would be a lot happier. Yeah, they're just not happy. And and they complain about men all the time. Oh, men are this men are distracted. Men are talking to multiple women. Dude, we're talking to multiple women sometimes because you're not giving us the thing to make us stop talking to other Mm -hmm. women. Like you're not valuable enough for us to isolate you. Mm -hmm. So don't sit there and like make that claim. Also, like women have options, just like guys have options, right? Like we all have options if we're valuable. And like women just at the same time that men are trying to fight for the women that they want, sometimes women don't want to fight for the guy because they're like, oh, he needs me. He needs me. And it's this game, dude. It's like I feel like I'm playing Monopoly sometimes when I'm going yeah. on dates and I'm mm. like, damn, this is ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. Mm. This Crazy. conversation, this conversation is so real. And and um and more and more, I'm getting a sense of the real marketplace because I've dedicated this next chapter of my life to impact. And especially in my online community, I'm getting a lot of chatter here. And there's a lot of single people and a lot of failed relationships, a lot of single mothers, you know, bad failed marriages. And, and so I'm hearing it from all angles. And somehow people are looking at me as, at least in my own community, as someone they can lean on this. And I try to engage everyone I can because I feel obligated. They've invested in me. I'm committing to this, right? And so now I'm diving into this and I'm hearing you, out of all things you could have kind of naturally went to, you you went here. And I think there's value in this conversation far beyond maybe anything because don't we just want to get to the end and be happy and have a just love around us in our life mm-hmm. and fulfillment? And again, like financial strength and, and, and security and financial freedom is very important. But if you can't sort of share your life with someone, that, that's hard. But I hear this over and over again. It is so hard to find high value in the marketplace. Women will say that and men will say that. And I'm looking at this whole thing like, well, for men, it's fucking easy because I'll just speak for me. There's opportunity that swarms around me day and night, whether I want or not. And there's women knocking on my doors 24-7. And they're high value women, too. The women that are knocking on my doors high value. Why is that? I'm in a committed relationship, so it doesn't matter. But the point is, I'm not dumb. I can recognize it. And it's not like they're hitting on me. It's just I have access to women at the deepest levels, where their deepest fears are, their deepest insecurities are. And I now get it more than ever. I commit to other people's souls. I don't see sex or gender. I just bring value. And I leave the room with great energy, and I know when to fucking leave. And I never hit on women. It doesn't matter. I need to hit on women. It doesn't matter. But I'm not after anything. And what I'm realizing is the power that I fucking yield. If I could have had this at 25... With, with single, like I, I didn't know I had options at that age. I just kind of fell in love with, with a girl and I got lucky, I think. Like, I didn't know. I, I spotted she was high net, but I didn't know. Like, I wasn't high net. I didn't know anything. 
And I just feel like I got lucky. But knowing what I know, I have eyes to see that I have now. I would go dominate in, in any landscape. And it's because I understand what value looks like. I just want you to win. I want to help you get better at every stage of the game now. The more knowledge, carnal knowledge that you build up in different domains of your life, including relationships, this is what gives you power. Now, if you if you flex that in the marketplace and you build a brand around it, you could build an empire of, of authority around it, but you have to walk the talk, be the thing, be the body, be the voice, be the guy in the light, like all the shit. They just come to you like fireflies. Now, people are going to try to mimic this, and it's not going to happen overnight, but people come to you like fireflies. Ed Milet, I'm at a party with him, right? There's literally a line of 100 women all around him, a line of 100 men all around him. Everyone wants to be near him. Why is that? Like, you tapped into the question earlier. Why does high value always have people swarming around him? He could have his pick of the litter. Like, what is that? What does he do that the next guy is just not figuring out? I'm now getting a sense of this in real time. I'm not bragging, just, it's just, and I don't give a fuck. I'm not trying to do that. And I think that's what it is. We don't try. We just are. There's a lot of power Dude, in this. You, were, you literally just said the exact thing I was going to say. And it's like men who swarm people like that, we're like, yeah, we're high value. But dude, I just think that we try a lot harder. Like, and it all comes down to effort. It's like a lot of guys will ask me, like when, when we run our events, they come up to me at the end, they want to take pictures and they're like, oh dude, like how'd you become the successful? I'm like, dude, didn't you not just see what I did for two days? Like I there pour into people. Pour into people. And number two is <laughs> I'm just trying harder than you. Yeah, I'm working and my you ass might off. Sit there, yeah, and you're like, oh, well, I am trying, Jason. I, I have two jobs. And oh, like, so good. I'm taking care of my mom. And I'm like, dude, that's not trying. That's working harder, not smarter. That's it. Like, you need to actually try and, and fuck all the beliefs that you've had originally. Yeah. Like, that is a lot of effort. And more so when I say try, I say change your belief system. Like, do it now while you're younger yeah. so that you don't get screwed over as you're older and so you good. have two kids and obligations and all this shit and health insurance and all these things that people don't think about. Right. Yeah. Like they just don't yeah. want to think about these things because they're like, oh, I'll figure it out when I get there. Sure. And then time flies and they're fucked. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, it's just funny, though. Like I was lucky enough to be able to start earlier. I feel yeah, like that was are. my big advantage. That's what I know. So, like, you. Here's one. One yeah. one thing I'll push back on both of you guys just just to be like Jason. He pushes things in his marketing. But uh, so you and Eric both like uh, I think you're talking about like relationship value, like to bring, be valuable in the marketplace and all that's true. But I think it's like, it caps out. It's like limited to me, just personally to my ear. Like, it's like, um, how would I do it? Like, uh, Aristotle talks about friendships. There's transactional friendships that you're just, just transacting. Then he's like, there's mutual, mutually reciprocally valuable friendships. And those are better than just arbitrary transactional friendships. Like they're more noble. Then he talks about the highest form of friendship, something altogether different because success all the way back to Aristotle, wealth, success, power. Why does it allow you to do it? It allows you to do two things. Contemplate the highest truths and virtues. It like clears the decks of the worldly needs so you could pursue a highest good. All that's to say, I believe really the heart of a beautiful, whether in a way I resonate with Eric, like I'm just grateful. I met my wife and the timing I did, like, yeah. you know, like the, four, like, what did I, I didn't like, I didn't read a blog and then decide to do this, you know, but it's like, it's when two parties are mutually aligned with their, what they value most in life is so highly aligned, just like entrepreneurship, Jason, you're, you're saying, if you run your marriage, like a business, a business does not succeed unless everybody involved knows what they're aiming at. 
and they're all on board. Culture's <laughs> on board. Everybody's like, this is it. Sure. Then it's like, there's no friction. There's happiness challenge. Oh, no problem. We know what we're aiming at. So I think where young people struggle a lot and where as a former therapist and coach where people will end a marriage, um, they get the value thing makes sense, but that only takes you so far. You meet someone, Hey, they're responsible. They got money or influence. Great. That's valuable. Great. Great. I'm valuable. I, you know, I got boobs. I'm attractive. Great. I mean, it has like a whatever. Oh, it's nice to have companionship. That's great. But where they fail is when there's a divergence in alignment. Like, holy shit, True. I actually, I value this way more and you value that. And people change. And people change. No, so it's you're like, right. Like, it'd yeah. be cool. It'd be interesting. Like, Jason, how would you even answer? I don't even know how I'm putting you on the spot. Like, what do you value most, man? Like, what do you, like, maybe there, maybe your future bride's listening right now. He already but, you know, said it. Yeah. Passion and purpose. I mean, dude, like, yeah, he, I mean, he's dude, being the, like, like, like being it. Yeah. yeah like the the silence the peace and the reassurance are silence. probably the three most important things that i like appreciate in a woman it's like dude we're too. around like we're around all this shit all day and it's all noise yeah. right and like we go to the whole day we're on the road driving yeah. people are honking people we watch i mean i don't watch the news but like everybody's doing shit there's all this noise like when i am looking for a partner i want that thing to be the sanctuary of silence like comfort that. me, give me affection when I need just it, just be it. outgoing. It's like, simple. dude, it's, dude, it's so simple. Yeah. And yeah. I think, yeah, silence, peace, and like reassurance. Cause yeah. yeah, I know I'm doing a good job, but it's good to hear from somebody that I also am in love with. Totally. So it's like, that matters a ton. And I would rather take one of that than a million people on the internet. Yeah. Like that is more important to me. Like, my, um, yeah. yeah. My, my friend told me a story this week and I was just down in San Diego speaking at, um, at, at a thing down there. And, and, uh, he said he had this big event and he's got this billionaire client. It's a dear friend of his and uh, he's got the world by the ass. This guy has everything. Like he's he really high net worth human. And, um, um, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of his name was on stage. There was a guy on stage speaking and he's sitting with this billionaire client watching this guy perform at his event. And um, it's a name we've all heard of. I just cannot think of it, but he points, he, he touches him on the shoulder. He goes, Hey, you see that guy's wife? His wife was in the front row and she's there just jumping up and down clapping. And that's his wife. He goes, I would die to have my wife do that for me. Who, the billionaire said that. Yeah. The billionaire said, told it to my buddy. Who, whose event it was, he goes, he goes, so he goes, that's the shit that really matters in life. I would give up every cent, all the money to have a partnership like that. And you're getting so far down the road. Like there's just something to consider how much value there is in, in knowing that you have someone that's a cheerleader for you, that's rooting you on, that wants you to win. And I don't feel like a lot of guys get supported. And the reason this conversation is probably here right now, naturally the universe has brought this conversation to the fray and sort of my not to push back on Matt, but the reality is, is so many young guys and so many women of all ages, I see it's just more in young guys than men looking for high value women, trying to figure out how to be high value. And then it's more women or probably of more older ages trying to find a high value man saying there is none. I keep hearing that. And I it's think true. what I'm tapping into my bigger point is what's happening. Don't look for it. Just become so valuable Find one thing that you're so fucking good at. That's so good. Pour into your craft, and the, and they just it'll the it'll give it'll you. handle itself. Like, exactly. That's it, my relationships. Point. I mean, think how hard it is Become to manage your own self. Like it's such a mis mystery timing adventure. It's just so out of your control. It is. Like just be a master at something though, and be, nobody's a master. Be clear about who you are. Like Jason's doing as a 26 year old. I agree. You're slaying it, but you're 
the more you can communicate, which you already are very articulate, it's impressive. Like I have four young sons, so I love meeting like just 20 something year old guys that are just, but who you are, what you stand for, what you're not into, what you are into. And just that clarity and success, you'll meet her It'll come. when you meet yeah. her. You know, <laughs> you you know, know look, I mean? just keep pouring your craft and pretty soon, I mean, again, like value knocks where value exists. And, so, and it doesn't yeah. start out as a woman looking for a man or women. This is what women don't understand. Men should do the knocking. I've heard a lot of women tell me that because I did a piece of content about this. Hmm. And they said women should never pursue it. And I was like, no, they do pursue, but they don't do it through thinking they're finding a man. They do it because their high value says they have an opportunity to give you. They have some piece of information they want to share with you. They're coming to you as a friend, as someone that has a, an equal value proposition. It never starts out as a lust thing. It's just value meeting value. And all of a sudden you start curating a friendship. And that's where the gold in a relationship exists. It's not in how someone looks, although it's good when those two things match up and you're, you have a mutual attraction. It's just, you can tell, like I have an attraction to someone that's there. It doesn't mean I want to marry her or love her or do anything bad, but it, I respect that she takes care of herself. She's on point. She looks good. She dresses well, whatever the thing is, she smells good. Her voice is sexy. I can acknowledge that as another man and not have any want to, to do anything with that. Like, you know, I just recognize that. But if all of a sudden she starts curating real value and a natural friendship is born, it's not like she was looking for a man, but she's a high value woman. It's not like I was looking for a woman, but she's a high value woman. And that curation of that is where magic can happen for single people in the marketplace that have just become masters at their craft. If you become a master at your craft and you obsess over it, you're going to attract so many fucking people that want to be near you, period. End of story. You just attract them. But no one told me this when I was younger. No one curated the thoughts of high standards around having one clear focus, one clear mission. I didn't know this till I'm, I'm, in, I'm almost 40. I turned 40 this month. If you, I'm dangerous, if I could give you the gifts of, Eric, of Eric's mindset now to a young 26-year-old, that 26-year-old, no matter what he looked like, he could look like Colton over here, he could look like you, he could look like a bodybuilder, he could look like Matt, could be fat, don't matter what he looked like. You could become a master if you could adopt these principles and live and die by them because they're universal and this is how you win. And winning, like you just get good people to end your life. Good people want to end your life when you bring so much value to the marketplace. You get the most attractive people, the smartest people, the funniest people. You get the best. You can all the way to, to, to whatever you deem as high value. And that's a whole different question. High value is different to different people. But most likely it means you're a master at your fucking craft. It means you're so good and you're so authentic and you're so real. Because I don't think you can be a master without being crazy as fuck. Being obsessive. And those people are attracted to that. High value people love people that are obsessive. Like we watch our favorite baseball player, right? You watch Kobe Bryant. Motherfucker's obsessive. He could have any woman on the planet. And that's just a figurative thing. You don't need to beat that up. You get the sentiment behind it. And it's, it, I'm just saying it for the sake of this conversation. But the point is, is that's a person that is in love with passion. It's in love with what his point on earth is. He's not in love with women. That's, you get my point? Like that's that a, comes yeah, first. Got, that's his priority. He's pursuing a higher... Yeah. yeah, that's his first love. What's crazy too, like that 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 I've seen for some of my friends growing up is like when they don't see this instant gratification in their path and purpose and their True. income, they intrinsically move to finding love because they're like, oh well, I don't have it figured out. I'm gonna find love first, then I can come back to this. Right. And I've seen that a lot too. And it's just like interesting. It's like people always ask me, like, dude, why are you single? And I'm like, I'm not gonna settle and and True. just. Pick the best thing that you know, like, and just pick the first thing that like comes my way. It's just not the way that I. I was single. He's doing it right. I was twenty six to twenty nine. It was a long, patient. I when I was your age, I remember I I just I was gonna wait. I'm not gonna like exactly like your position, and I 
And I deliberately didn't date beyond two or three dates because I want because like you said, Jason, earlier, which was wise, like if you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to another thing. So if you as a young man at your at your position compromise your gut and your instincts and mm. fritter four months of your time Wasting with someone, time. all your psyche, your energy and Especially time, if you know you're really saying no to the true option that may have come come about. So it's like mm-hmm. a, a willingness to abide in silence for a while. I don't know. Yeah, and it may make you look like, crude. I think or, that, yeah, I think that's just science too. Like, mm. it's kind of like animals in the wild. It's like sometimes animals are hungry, they go out and hunt, and sometimes they just stay in dormant. And it's the same thing with like men and women. Like some seasons, women don't want to find a guy. Like women mm. just want to work on themselves. They want to hit the gym. They want to do all these things, right? And yeah. they want to find more friends or they want to move somewhere. That's a big thing that I see too with women is that when they can't find like a guy after failed attempts in a certain city, they'll just move. And I'm like, you're running from your problem. That's not going to solve your problem. Like it's just not. And the same thing with dudes. Like I'm not going to lie, man. I did the same thing three years ago. I moved because I couldn't find any relationship because I wasn't making the money that I make now. I didn't have the purpose that I have now. And I was trying to figure out like, okay, well maybe I'd be a lot stronger if I had a woman by my side. Jason, you need to make, you need to make like three viral reels on this topic. Like the woman getting on the, (laughs) like the woman who gets on the plane and moves all the whole thing. Cause it, if it, like it's so (laughs) sticky, just do your magic and do like three things. Yeah. You know, but here's the cool thing is, is when we were 26 years old, there was no content that didn't really exist that you magazines were out, I guess. But we didn't have access to mindset so readily available. I would have died to have an Eric Rock in my life, just my own self. If I could have held the Eric Rock when I was 26's hand and reassured him about the value of standards and mission and purpose and become really obsessive about just becoming valuable. Like even though naturally my instincts maybe took me there, I was leveraging things from the pain from my past that got me winning at relatively early age. I started winning in my 20s big. But like, I didn't have a voice in my head. Now there's all this access to it. Some really valuable voices just will go become a master at one thing. Like just hearing that, like in knowing that that'll solve, all, that'll solve so many problems of yours is when you become so obsessive about first things first. your craft. And this, you're right. Like Pete, you, you, were, you were saying something that they'll jump to this when this doesn't, the delayed gratification, all that. People jump from carrot to carrot. They never really sink to their, in, their teeth in anything. They never really become good at anything. They're constantly wandering life. They're wasting so much time. That is such a common thing in the marketplace. And you wonder why dreams aren't easy to come true. Most people quit. They quit so fast. They quit, they quit, they quit, they quit. If you, if you really adopt this principle, you'll have all kinds of high-value people. Now I get to tell you that from a like, position where I see high-value people everywhere I go. I actually don't deal with low-value people. I don't even know who they are. I, the people I deal with are people that are willing to break something. They want to make a life change. They want to make an investment in themselves. I'll go to there. Or I'm in a room where everyone's pulling me up. But I don't seek out, to- there's no toxicity around me. I don't even, if there is, I don't see it because it doesn't enter my sphere of influence. I can't let it come and penetrate my energy bubble. And that's just knowing who I am, what I'm built for. I sense that in you. I sense that in Matt. There's different levels to all this. But that is the piece we look for in life is knowing who the fuck we are. And that's where the real freedom comes from. And that's where really the power starts to build in your life. But again, you have to have an engine in your life. I'll, maybe I'll shift gears here. Power leverage. You, you describe that in that video base because what you're talking about, the Corolla versus the McLaren pulling up to the gym. Buff guy comes out, whoever gets out of the other car, doesn't even matter. That's power and leverage. That will win every time. And people don't understand how to get power and leverage. Why? They don't teach it in school. You have no concept of what power and leverage is. And that's just ownership. People don't understand they should be pursuing ownership. 
you got to, you figured this out at a young age because you're thriving now. You're doing yeah, countless share. sales, $122 million context in, to what you own and you create it. Yeah, yeah. You've done a lot. So yeah. maybe we go here. Like, what have you create? What do you own? And what, what are you running Jason? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the biggest thing that we run right now is, is Wojo media, which is the, you know, advertising company. Uh, we have 52 team members in like over oh. 20 countries and we have about 255 clients and like, that was probably one of the hardest things to build because I had to lose my control problem that I had when I was first starting. I thought that I was the best at everything and like no one else could replicate what I could do and like hiring and all those things. Like that was a, a block that I had to get past. Mm. Um, and then also we run scale your ads, which is an event business that I run cause I just replaced myself as CEO about 30 days ago. So I don't run Wojo media Congrats. anymore. I'm just owner. Yeah, dude. That was Amazing. the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life. Amazing. And then we run uh, Scale Your Ads. Like we're doing 22 events in a row starting on the 9th of this month. Like I'm flying back today because I got to get all my slides done for the next three days. And then we're going on tour. So one event a week for 22 weeks straight. I'm just going balls to the wall. Wow. And I feel um, that. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, the, dude, the, it's, he's not looking for women. 20, we'll we'll just watch him back, show up. Just, just the F what you <laughs> say that again. 22 weeks yeah, in a row. yeah we're doing 22 events so they're two day dude like the stuff that we're doing and i i like i love this conversation we're having but i want to harp on one thing like there's a lot of people in the ad space we are doing something that no one has ever done like yeah. you can go on google you can search it you can find it it hasn't fucking happened yet and we're the only ever fucking marketing company to do an actual tour around advertising and you know what the crazy part is is that it's free okay all the events are free I fronted $430,000 on event spaces, fucking plane tickets, ad spend, payroll, all that shit front loaded with zero fucking money back. Zero. Yeah, that's I didn't rare. get a penny. And where's the ROI coming from after that? The ROI is going to come from number one reach. And number two is we do have an offer for them to take, but cool. we don't hard sell. We don't put these people in a corner. Like we just give them this invitation to work with us. And I funnel those clients into Wojo Media. So SYA and Scale Your Ads is a bolt-on to Wojo Media because here's what's going to happen. I'm going to run this business for the next two years, probably Scale Your Ads. And I'm going to run so many events to where we have so much data to where I can then go to a big marketer in the space and be like, hey, you want to buy this? Like I got 90,000 emails. I have all the proven SOPs for you to sell. You could just buy it from me. And maybe, you know, 10, 15 million, just buy it off me and they'll buy it because it's worth it. Um, and that will be my exit. And then I will probably just keep the agency running and then I'll take that, you know, 10, 15 million, go do something else with it. Because I just realized that my biggest skill set is just being a visionary and like knowing what I can bolt on to businesses and like how to grow them. So <laughs> like the whole scale your ads thing, dude, like no one's done it. Like they're free events. They come for two days. They get all the value, dude. I give everything out for free. Like it's actually insane. The shit that I teach them for those two days from offers to ads, to copy, to video scripts, to all the shit that I've ever learned in five and a half years is fucking free. Hmm. And the crazy part is, is that I give it out for free because I know they don't use it. And I know that sounds like so fucked up, but it's the truth. Like I will give it all out for free and no one does shit with it. Hmm. Right. And they have to pay us and work with us to do it anyway. Yeah. Like, 
I just put all the value up front. Also, we have a day three. So like, dude, this is the shit that we're doing that's so insane. So they, they come for free for two days and then we offer them a package. And dude, we go rent this big ass villa. Like it ranges from price, but like these villas on Airbnb in these local cities, they're probably like four grand a day, five grand a day. They're massive fucking mansions. We do one day, day three, where we put them in this mansion and we record their ads for them at a mansion. We do it fucking for them. So I hire a videographer, they go to the house and they record all their creatives like at that house. And like, we're doing that as a part of the bonus. So it's like, Hmm. Hey, if you buy a package tomorrow, we're going to record your ads in person with a real life camera crew at a fucking 15,000 square foot villa, like the most expensive house in your city. And we just do it there. And like, we're doing shit that no one has done. And Mm. it's like insane. That's amazing. So for for the listener out there, just bringing some value with this podcast right now, it's obviously you work with brands, you work with companies, trying to get them to grow scale, get them closer to their dreams. What are the top three things that you would, you you would tell a brand or a founder to transform their brand and especially towards, I would, I would assume towards content, towards online, digital marketing, all this top three. Top three, number one is your offer. So like, what do you offer your ideal avatar in one sentence that's sexy, appealing, and irresistible? Because Mm. if you don't have an irresistible offer, it's hard to get your prospects to say yes for less reach and less ad spend, right? So that's the first thing. Second thing is your selling ecosystem. So like, yes, you might run ads and yes, you might have affiliates and yes, you might have referrals, but like, How does that all surround your prospect around the internet? Like, how do you share that data? So are you running an email list? Are you doing content? Are you doing podcasts? Are you doing like press for your Google presence? Are you doing all of these things? Are you running ads? Like, what does that ecosystem look like? Because you could have one avenue of traffic, but what if that avenue of traffic went to zero tomorrow? Yeah, I've seen that happen too. Oh, it it fucking happened. Dude, I I have business owners that we've worked with where they only run Facebook ads. And I'm like, okay, sick, dude. What if Facebook bans you? You have no business. Check and this then it out. Happens and they go to fucking zero. Yeah. So like I've seen that so much. And then number three are their their KPIs. Like what are the numbers in the business that dictate like revenue? Like what if I told somebody yeah. that for every dollar they spend, they got three dollars and twenty three cents back in sixty seven days? Like what if I was able to tell them that based on their lifetime value and their average order values and their sales cycle and all these numbers? they would be able to make better decisions. But business owners don't want to talk about their numbers because number one is they're most of the time really insecure about them because they don't fucking track them. And number two is, is that if they do track them, it's boring and they don't want to do the boring shit because the boring shit makes all the money. Like everybody in, in, in the entrepreneurship world is like, oh, content, all this. Like, dude, the content's fun, but editing it, posting it, and strategy is fucking boring. Like that's the boring stuff that actually makes the money and it makes the content go viral. Like, or the ad itself, like publishing the ad, that's fun. But having to call the leads and have the right systems and have the right email and SMS automations and have the right nurtures, that's the boring shit that actually makes money. And Mm. business owners are under this connotation that paid ads is going to save them. Like, dude, if your business sucks, Paid ads ain't going to solve your problem. No. You got to solve everything else, which is your environment, your culture, your team. Like, what the hell is going on <laughs> when people join your ecosystem? Mm, like, yeah. those things are so important and everybody's so distracted because everybody's after the one thing. 
You're one funnel away. You're one course away. You're one this away. Like, dude, no, you're fucking not. You're like 22 failures away, three fucking bad relationships, 15 childhood traumas, and like probably a good 100, 200 grand of just lost money away. That's what you're really away. And like the, the, the marketing world and direct response makes you think that way. Hmm. And it's just really sad, dude, because we have clients that really think like, and you know, like we have good clients, but like, dude, there's still people who come into our ecosystem who are like, yeah, so I've been running ads for a week and I haven't made a million dollars yet or whatever their bullshit fallacy is that they really think is the truth. And I'm like, hmm. dude, do you not understand that if it was that easy, everyone would fucking do it? Like, do you not understand that? And people still don't get it, dude, because they had bad childhoods. Someone let them down. Someone fucked up their head. Whatever happened, dude. And it ruined their entire connotation around life, dude. Like someone fucked with you Mm. and you don't know why and you don't know how to solve it or move past it. And it's like, I think, too, people have a bad relationship with time and money. Like people won't spend money to buy back time, but they'll waste time to make money. It makes zero fucking sense. And Mm. like these weird belief systems that we need to like reverse engineer or refine or whatever that looks like. Mm. But it's just really sad to see things like that. And like, dude, business is going to change this year. Like, you know, I'm not a big political person, but like this election is going to dictate a lot of shit in the entrepreneurship Mm. world for sure. I feel like this election is going to set the tone for who's a real business owner, who's not, who has money, who doesn't like who's running something that's like, really fucking structured and like organizational and like really has predictability and consistency because like regardless of what we think or how we view the world like dude we're either going to enter a world war or we're going to elect the wrong fucking person to be our leader elections have consequences like dude this is the only election i think that's actually mattered everything else before this like fuck all doesn't matter but like this is the one dude we have so much shit going on internationally mm. and just debt wise that we really need to start like grappling on to what the hell our belief system is and like where we're headed yeah this like is... student debt all this shit like it's gonna compile dude it yeah. just is and yeah i would say this election it, it may even go further than that in that <laughs> as far as defining business and re or redefining it mm. But it may it may set the tone for whether this is really a democracy republic or if it's actually a banana republic. And from my perspective, and that's a very scary thing to actually say because you look at the history of the world, and this has been done before. You know, you've seen you've seen you know free societies turn into banana republics, turn into socialist countries, turn into communists, and it's a very downward spiral from there. And again, like the top one percent, top five percent, let's just say they control ninety five percent of the money. Uh, very, very, yeah. very, very powerful uh, uh, five to one percent up there that are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We become a renter nation and, and it's because they're squeezing the middle class and they're about to suffocate the life out of it. And you just being aware of this is important. It doesn't mean you need to hang on. You can still control your own economy. You don't need to ruin your life. Uh, you know, I'm a firm believer that yeah, a little knowledge is powerful, but too much may absorb you in, into a world yeah. that, that does more harm than good. But um, I do like your three points. Your offer's got to be sexy. It's got to be brilliant. It's got to suck you in. You need mm. an ecosystem, as you called it. I always call it a foundation. You need a foundation to support the growth. And I'll speak to that real quick. I, I have a client right now who, who gained a lot of fame. He was a, did really well in the fat loss space. I'm helping him rebrand his company right now because he had all his eggs in one basket, as you described. And I want to just point out how true it is what you said. 
Facebook changed their algorithm and his fucking business died. It got decimated. He went from 250,000 sales a month down to he's holding on to like 10, 20 right now, barely surviving. He fired all his employees just because he made all his money on ad spend in Facebook and he didn't know what to do. And it, and it catastrophically catapulted because fat loss all of a sudden became something they banned basically. Uh, banned all the ads and now they actually banned his account on Facebook and Instagram you know mo- very well known guy too did something really profound in his market in his space and then those KPIs incredibly important to know your numbers um, very well said man it came out like butter so it felt like you've done this many times <laughs> I'm sure you have you must do events yeah it's good though bro it's really good man yeah. you, you could teach a lot of people a lot of things I don't know where I want time here you guys just want to make sure I'm checking the clock here because we should. I could talk to this guy forever. He's kind of uh, kind of guy. Yeah, I uh, man, your 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 events are sticky sounding. it's a no brainer on the value. Um, and dude, you know what's crazy? Just to add to that, we get about 600 signups per event, and 150 people show up. Yeah, people don't show like, up. Yeah, that's and so, dude, that's, it's like yeah. it's free, but people know that there's something to be sold there. And they're yeah. scared to be sold. Like, dude, if you're scared to be sold, how the fuck are you going to sell other people? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good like, point. That means you don't believe in yourself. Like, don't sit there for people watching who are like, oh, like all these guys online, they're just trying to sell something. Like, dude, everybody is selling something. No shit. Yeah. Right. Like, it's crazy, dude. Speak like, that's that. the world move. Maybe we it's could call capitalism. Maybe we could close on that, Jason, when you said earlier, like, you've, you're fascinated by the human nature uh, tendency to, avoid obligations that are that are good for you like your your sticky tagline on the invoice thing like maybe bring us home with that thought and it's not only sticky but there's a deep truth to that if people can get past that obstacle yeah like do people know what's good for them they just won't say yes because they're scared to change because they feel like they're going to lose their identity of what they've encompassed for years right Mm -hmm. and like the other thing too is like they're so wrapped into their money Like people legit in our niche or even people who are just starting out, they look at their bank account all the time. Mm. Like they're always looking at it and they like wrap their identity and how much money they have. Like, dude, money's not this thing that's an identity. It's just a tool to get more or to solve your problems and find better solutions. Like it's not about that. And Mm. when you put something in front of somebody, like, you know, like you were a therapist, you're like, Hey, I'll help you solve your marriage for four grand for four weeks or whatever that looks like. Right. Like, dude, if you're not willing to spend four grand to save your marriage, that means the marriage wasn't fucking important in the first place. Yeah. Like you just got married because you both were physically attracted to each other and you were like, fuck it. We have no options. Might as well get married. Yeah. And like, we didn't have the right morals and, and, and values that aligned. And it's crazy, dude. It's the same thing with entrepreneurship. People know, and it's funny, dude, people are sitting there going, they go in their Instagram bio and they put entrepreneur on it and they're not fucking entrepreneurs, dude. They're just bullshitters. And it's like, that's sort of the content that I make where it's like, dude, you have to like do something about your situation or represent the name correctly because you're honestly making it a bad name when you come into the space and you say you're an entrepreneur and you completely drop the ball on half the shit that it is entailed to become an entrepreneur. You're ruining it for fucking everybody because now everybody's an entrepreneur. You knit at home, you're a fucking entrepreneur. (laughs) You make a Shopify store for a dollar. You're an entrepreneur. Like, mm. no, you are not. You are an mm. ass clown. And it's so annoying, dude, because it ruins it for everybody else. Like, it just, it, it's irritating. Mm. And then, you know, like, obviously, there, there's people who are going to comment on that and be like, oh, well, like, what do you know? Like, dude, it's not about what I know or what I don't know. It's about the fact that, like, you're ruining the name for everybody else. 
Mm. Like it's an actual honor to wear that fucking badge. Mm. Like we went against everything else that the, that life put on us and school and the system and all this shit put on us. And it's like, people are just scared too to invest in themselves because it's a self-belief issue. It's not about the price half the time. Like mm. you could give someone the price of something and like, yeah, they might quirk at it. But dude, the belief is actually the issue. Mm. There was something that happened in their childhood to where they were told like, you know, you're not valuable or no, you're not worth it. To be able to look at something like that and be like, wow, I can afford four grand. I can spend the money on it. And it's like, dude, I was talking to a business owner yesterday and this is like a lot of the shit that happens in our niche. This guy gets on a call with us and um, he said he was making $250,000 a month. And I'm like, okay, like you're a valid business owner. You've got that proof of concept. Like you should be able to scale. You have the funds. And we're like, yeah, man, it's six grand a month. He's like, whoa, that's a lot. And I was like, bro, what are you fucking talking about? You're making $250,000 a month and I'm giving you a 3% marketing budget and you're yeah. bitching about that? Yeah. So. so I'm like, dude, you're either lying to me or you break even or lose money. And he didn't want to answer that question. Hmm. And I was like, dude, most people out here are just straight full of shit and I'm tired of it. What it's if he would have told you the truth that he's, that he's breaking even or losing money every month? I mean, then I would have probably... But I'm just not said, doing hey, good, like, man. Why? Yeah, like, right. why and how can we solve that? Right. If I don't know your problems, we can't provide you a fucking solution. I'm not yeah. like, I'm not a mind reader. <laughs> so it's like, it, dude, people are just willing to say that shit just to look cool. Yeah, true. Yeah, the greatest barrier. It's real uncomfortable. It's all their survival issues wrapped up in it all and shame. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, if you could, if you could know how to sell the human nature. Like, yeah, you, you, your mind seems that, which makes you such a great marketer. You respect, yeah, marketer. yeah your, your, your instincts are so good. Not only entrepreneurial business instincts, but your marketing instincts It all reminds me in a book. Um, I read it's called success is success is for you. But the, the author was like, basically there's one client and it's human nature and just serve it, know how to sell to it, know how to give it a product. And, and, uh, I love your, your human nature instincts, uh, Jason, um, yeah, man, this is great. Yeah, it was cool interview, really man. appreciate your time, We got to do a part two when you come to yeah. Coeur d'Alene, man. We'll yeah, what, are you in the Northwest with one of your events? Um, uh, the, the, the most Northwest I'm going to be is like Austin, Dallas. Okay, okay. so where where are your events? Just real quick, geographically, the swap. Um, they are, so I have it pinned to my Instagram. I'll, oh, yeah, I'll I saw that pinned. Uh, it's up there. Okay. So it's Tampa, then Miami. And then Fort Lauderdale, West Palm Beach, Orlando, Jacksonville, Atlanta, Austin, Dallas, New York. And then we do the circle again. Tampa, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, West Palm, Orlando, so Jacksonville. So you're bringing people Atlanta, in Austin. too. You're bringing people to from in market and, and ge geographically out of market, both? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. sweet. So like, you know, we run ads in every single city that's on that in a 25-mile radius. And then we just run the ads to each landing page. Each landing page is its own city. Like, dude, it was so much work to build all that out. That's like, amazing. holy shit. What, what and we're running, we're running all the cities at once. All 22 are running at once right now. Crazy, it's bro. fucking nuts. Yeah, that's <laughs> all, yeah a lot, lot to manage. What type of clients do you deal with? The local business um, owner? Mostly, like, yeah, yeah, it's mostly high ticket services, coaches, consultants, service providers, uh, local businesses, um, and then also e-commerce stores. So Shopify, WooCommerce, uh, Squarespace, WordPress. So you do deal with high ticket consultant coaches, service yeah, provider. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Sweet, awesome, man. Brother. Yeah. I'm going to be engaging your content, man. You're sharp. Thanks for joining us, Jason. Yeah, this is cool. Yeah. yeah. So re remind us one last time. 
where do we want to send people to follow you, follow your journey, follow your story, yeah. invest in you, whatever they want to do. Yeah. Biggest place is Instagram. So at the Jason Wojo, um, if you want to work with us or book a demo, it's completely free. Just go to the link in my bio and you could book a demo call with us. Or if you just want to follow my content, just shoot me a follow on Instagram. And we're also on TikTok. We're on LinkedIn. We're on YouTube. Just search Jason Wojo. You'll be able to find the content, but yeah, follow awesome, the journey. Brother. Yeah. Keep awesome. co-attracting those high value right, women, man. brother. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All right, take guys. care, man. See you soon, bro. Day. Yeah. See ya. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man.